object of fury, aggression, and desire. You want a shot at the champ? You've got it. One of these four women will walk out as the new NXT Women's Champion. We will have one match so brutal it hasn't been seen in 20 years. One of the most dangerous matches in sports entertainment history. Three teams in two rings in one cage. Houston, we have our games. <laughs> This is your United States of America! What's up, everyone? Welcome to our very special NXT TakeOver War Games preview episode of Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by GorillaPosition.com and presented by Hameen Media Group. NXT TakeOver San Antonio is in the books. We've been monitoring it throughout the night. We'll uh, get to whatever news there may or may not be as we go throughout the show here. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. We're talking creative and the business behind the business that is professional wrestling. You can contact the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find us on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Drop us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. Joined, as always, alongside my Huckleberry RBV. Rick, welcome to your show. It's me, it's me. It's an R to the B to the V. Rick Vickery, ripping, raging, and ready to dive in some NXT. We're talking about war games. Nine men enter, but no one leaves the same. Jugger, are you feeling the intensity, brother? Yeah, I feel it. Man, it uh, <sighs> man, it sounds like sounds like like a your puppy just passed away or something uh, over there, man. Well, I'm I'm, I'm kind of sad, dude. I'm kind of sad. I, I you I, were coming into this show with all this hype, all this excitement. You got me pumped up, getting ready. To talk some NXT and some takeover war games, man. What what happened there? I mean, what what's got you down, brother? And then Drew McIntyre pinned Adam Cole to retain the NXT championship. I'm sad. I was really hoping for that triple threat main event, but I I, I know you're gonna cut you you wanted to come into this show on that huge high. You thought this was kind of their way because they programmed so far out. This was kind of them hitting their reset button to to add that extra layer, that extra level of excitement to to this TakeOver War Games event. I was ready for Donovan Dijak, and I was ready for Undisputed Era to start their NXT legacy, and I was ready for Drew McIntyre to show up on Raw Monday night. None of it. None of it. Well, you know, as they say, (sighs) life goes on. This show is still going to be awesome. I was going to say life goes on, and we've still got some incredible matchups to look forward to here. Let's kick things off with the two dark matches. Uh, We have now found out that these dark matches will be airing on NXT next week, so we do get to see them. We're just not going to see them at TakeOver. I'm going to say, you know, that's a huge relief to a lot of fans. Thank God for that, right? Well, because the early reports, you know, the way it sounded... That those were going to be, and I think that we discussed this a week or so ago, didn't we? Yeah, we did. 
Yeah, you we know, did. maybe if they maybe they were holding those back at that time because there were there were reports that ticket sales weren't going as anticipated. Uh, you know, they were expected. You know, are, are they have they sold out yet? Do you know this? Unfortunately, they are not sold out. I checked earlier today. You can get floor seats in the third row for three hundred and fifty dollars right now. That's a little disappointing. What do yeah. you what do you account that well, to? Well, going you know th- you know going back to what we were saying there, that's why we thought maybe they were kind of advertising these matches as you know exclusive to the live audience, which would make sense, you know. Hey, to try to boost those sales, you know, if they were kind of lacking it where they thought they would be at the to try to get that last little push there, that makes sense. Hey, you gotta you gotta be here to see this amazing matchup because I know a lot of fans out there. Hell, both of us were. You see that thing on paper immediately, you perk up. I mean that that's. I mean, anywhere, that could be your match of the night, match of the year, possibly. What do you attribute the poor ticket sales to? I mean, well, you know, you we know, have really to consider to this is in Houston, right? We have, to, we have to take that into account. I mean, it's not like they just had a giant hurricane wipe out half their city. Yeah, I, I understand that, though. But, you know, uh, you know, a good event, like, you know, anything pro wrestling, you, you're, in a, you're in an area where they traditionally love their, their wrestling. And we know uh, Survivor Series is sold out, I, I was, or basically I was just sold say, out. That is sold out. So, what do you account the poor ticket sales for Takeover War Games to? Is it the generation that has never seen a War Games match? Is it the fear that WWE is just going to do their own spin on War Games, and this isn't really War Games? Is... I think it, I, I really think I think it goes much deeper than that. Uh, and actually, I want to come back. We're, we're going to talk about this war game thing. I, I have my doubts uh, about them applying this gimmick here to this event and the way that they are representing this match. I'm actually go, going to go a little bit deeper. I think that they WWE has kind of, I think they become relaxed with NXT. You know, they, they just kind of expect that. I guess I'll use the term here just so everyone kind of understands what I'm t- that smarky audience is going to be there for it. And, and I have been, I've become really disappointed um, with how they've really promoted and, and pushed the NXT product here in the last couple, uh, hell I'm going to say about six months. I, I don't feel that they've really have given it that shine to really open it up to a broader audience or to even really keep it that alluring to that smarkier crowd that wants to be there as, as they expand. Yeah, they've got that they've got that heart there at Full Sail. They know they can they can pack that place. You can go up to the northeast where people kind of still associate where they have that that hunger, that, that yearning for an ECW type promotion and and honestly, you know, you got Ring of Honor on that, but NXT is gives a little bit of that rub. It, it gives them a little bit of that flavor, that taste. You expand outward from those regions there. You go towards that Midwest, and now you're in Texas. You're pushing into that Southwest. I don't know if the fans are just really that aware of what I'll call here the yellow brand is all about. And I think that just comes down to poor marketing and promotion. I think the other part of it is I think NXT has lost its identity a little bit. And I think... That happened probably, as I think back to it, probably when 
Joe won the title from Finn. Because that set off a chain of events that went from Samoa Joe to Nakamura to Bobby Roode to Drew McIntyre. I, I see right where you're going here, man, and I feel you 100%. I feel like that's when NXT lost its identity. Because then all of a sudden, we were just bringing in other company stars, and they were becoming champion. Whereas I feel like Balor was the last one that kind of went through NXT, won over that fan base, and became champion. Drew McIntyre does not feel like the NXT champion to me. He feels like he's a main roster guy who's holding the NXT championship. It's more of a, a placeholder holder position. That's why I really thought they were going to switch it to Adam Cole. Because Adam Cole feels like NXT. You, you still have that feeling when they come from, let's say, a Ring of Honor... Where Ring of Honor show, and there was a great topic that was posted over in the uh, Hameen Media discussion group the other day, and I, th- I believe it was Dale White who posted it. Uh, and it was a great question. You know, right when you when you first read it, it didn't really, you know, set in with you. But then you go back and you think about it. What makes an indie an indie? And not to dive totally into that conversation, but but just on the surface there, you know, it really got get you thinking. And in the conversation, it came up. You know. I, about Ring of Honor, you know they're owned by this major corporation. You know they they're all their television is all over the country. They're known globally. Can you really consider them that? But Ring of Honor still holds on to that image, and they're very proud of that. You know they are they present themselves as the alternative. They're off the beaten path. They're a little more rugged. So when when talents come from Ring of Honor, they still had that distinction of you know what this this really is an indie guy. But that line of champions that you've just kind of run off there since Finn Balor, they're all seen as like number two promotion guys. Right. Like Joe was a TNA guy. Rude was a TNA guy. Shinsuke was a New Japan guy. Drew feels like a main roster guy. Like, and, and, I'm not even sure that's necessarily fair to Drew because Drew's only 32 years old. But, I mean, you look at Joe, and Joe's in his upper 30s, and Rude, I think, just turned 40, and Shinsuke's pushing 40. and Well, you know, it's not about your age. You know, it's just that rub of where you've been. Right, but NXT feels like it's for that – it's the young upstart promotion. And it, right. It, it, it's Adam Cole. You're – The problem with Drew is he was on the main roster so young that we, we still associate right. him with that person. With well, that chosen even, one character. And even if he was, you know, just not being on the main roster. I mean, this dude was anointed the chosen one by the chairman of the board. Right. And Drew's been around the block. Even when Drew went to the independent scene, he was still in the upper independence where we were very well aware of what he was doing. Right. He was kind of the yeah. Cody before Cody. Like you're saying, though, it's, it's, you're 100% right. You have hit this, you've hit this in a mark right on it they, they're kind of stuck in this limbo between are you that development of the future or do you still have your ties with the performance center 
or are you trying to emerge and break out as like this true third brand? They're stuck in this weird limbo right now. Or are you just killing time until there's a spot open on the main roster because that's where you belong? And the problem that you're speaking to here with reaching out to fans there, and I think that even ties in when I was talking about your you know, promotion and all that, is who is your target? And, and the fans that are out there, where do their loyalties lie to you? Well, let's jump into the card. I'm pretty sure this is what's going to start off the show, and you want to talk about starting off the show hot. Johnny Gargano versus Pete fucking Dunn for the WWE UK title. What a match this is going to be. I can't wait to see this match. I can't believe that they're not actually doing this match on TakeOver, but they're saving it for TV next week. What do you expect out of this? I expect nothing less than a potential match of the year candidate. I'm just wondering how this is going to you know, translate over to the the television product or the network product. I, I just think, man, you, they're just, they're, they're just really missing something here uh, to create something special and unique. And even just to spike interest outside of, you know, of this North American market here. Yeah, how many people are, I mean, he, you know, Pete Dunn is representing the entire UK, man. They, they love him over there. We've got friends over there. We talk to them regularly. Our, our boy money, money MacGyver. Pete fucking Dunn sells tickets, son. Those guys would be going, literally, how much he has loved over there. They would be going out to pubs. They would make sure they're up there, make sure they're watching this thing live. They want to have their fingers on the pulse of this thing. I, I think they're missing a, a huge opportunity with not having this thing on the main card. I, I just worry that they might have them hold back because this is going to go to the weekly programming. I'm still expecting uh, – I'm not going to say because of where it's placed here and that it's going to be placed on the Wednesday show. I'm not going to go as far to say I'm expecting match of the year quality. But I, I'm definitely going to be tuning in next week to make sure I see this damn thing. How long till Ciampa's back? Let's get to Google. He's got to be getting close, right? It's been a while. Man, I thought it was. I thought maybe he was out until like around Takeover WrestleMania. Is it still that long? Damn, it feels like it's been a long time. Okay, well, I don't. I guess I don't uh, expect Chompa. Yeah. Estimated, estimated uh, was search was success, and the timetable for his return is estimated March of 2018. Okay. Damn, poor Johnny. Johnny just feels like he's stuck in limbo, kind of waiting for this story to play out. Uh, and I think that's what they're doing, too. You know, they're just sitting there waiting. I don't know. You know, what they were doing with him, with his underdog kind of lost his way sort of thing, I don't agree with. They they probably should have kept him hot. Oh, I completely agree. I completely and then, agree. And then during the return, he gets attacked again, and you just you just reignite all those feelings and emotion that the fans have when they witness that. It does help that, yeah, Johnny lost the feud with Andrade Cien Almas, but it helps that Andrade's next feud, he went to Drew McIntyre. It doesn't make Johnny look quite as bad in losing that feud. But I do expect Gargano to lose this match as well, don't you? I, I Oh, yeah. I, that's, if, if, you know, I, would, I would give him a chance if this was actually on the takeover event, uh, you know, maybe thinking, oh, man, are they going to pull something here? Are we going to get like a shock and a swerve? 
now that it's just going tape to air, uh, I yeah, I think Dunn goes over without question in this thing. So Ruby Riot versus Sonya Deville. There's been a little bit of a build to this. They were in the triple threat against Ember Moon when Ember Moon qualified for the match later on to determine the NXT Women's Champion. Not a whole lot of build here, but I'm pretty sure this will be a pretty solid match. This is for the, for the mid card of the women's division on NXT. I, I I like the placement here. Yeah, I think it's gonna be uh, especially for the live audience there. It's gonna be a great warm up match, you know. Uh, you look, you look at these. This you look at these two matches on what would be considered their pre show. Uh, to what we're gonna be seeing announced and assume extra matches add possibilities of those on Sunday. Uh, you talk about warming up a crowd, right? You got it going on right here at NXT TakeOver. Yep. And when I look at this main card, man, there's only, what, five matches? Uh, five matches on the main, yes, sir. And this show's going to be fucking awesome. All these matches are going to be awesome. One thing that's so good about that is that, that just gets missed. You know, they're going to have a half-hour pre-show for this thing to do their hype that's all you need to repackage everything you've got here uh and the show will probably run what two and a half i would guess two and a half simplicity is the key to happiness in life right leave them wanting more leave them wanting more we got five great matches here lined up two and a half hours let's say three hours tops with everything and then we go to Sunday. I, I actually, I'm going to stop comparing to Sunday. I, I want to get that out of my head here. We're, we're worried about NXT TakeOver. But they got five hours, and two of it's for pre-show, and another hour is going to be filler. Oh. They're, they're doing it right here, you know? They get you in. Oh, I expect you. Survivor Series to be at least four hours. I expect a two-hour pre-show and a, then a four-hour main show. Okay, then. So, so we're going to run in a deal that you know you're running with WrestleMania where... Yeah, six hours you, versus... You just been, you've been on the ride for so long that you're just so tired. You yep. don't even care what happens at the end. You just want it over with. You're almost doing you know, a disservice to whoever's in your main event. And because I thought that way everybody's a couple spent. years ago. Everybody is spent. Yeah, you know, a couple years ago, even if you know Triple H and, and Roman Reigns, you know, the build, no, that wasn't too terrible. They took some time off. You're, just, you're dealing with the part-time and all that. But by the time we even got to the match, you're just so you're emotionally drained, physically drained that you just don't care anymore. This is the way to go here. This is the key. They have a great they have a great formula, and like you said, five matches. I'm sitting here staring at all these things, and I don't see anything disappointing on this on this card, except for the fact that maybe that the UK Championship isn't one of them. I expect Takeover is going to start with Cassius Ono. I expect that's going to be your opening pop. Everybody's singing along with his entrance music, which is awesome. Get going. Uh, taking on a Lars. man that looks like Braun Strowman's little brother with no hair, Lars Sullivan. Have you seen much of the build up to this match? I know I watch NXT a lot more avidly than you do. I'm not sure how current you are. Uh, I did. I got my bench watching in uh, for those those listeners out there that have been with us for a while, they, they know my NXT habits. And for those of them 
Uh, hopefully we're picking up a, a lot of new listeners this week since we've uh, got ourselves into some, some great new ventures. We've been teaming up with uh, Big Ray from OneWrestling.com over on the, uh, the, ha- the Hacker Hameen Media Group on Mondays. Jargo and myself go in the locker room to bring you uh, all the, the hottest news to kick off your week. So hopefully we're, getting, we're picking up some listeners from that. But those out there, I binge watch NXT. Jargo is every week religiously on it. I'm one of those. Uh, You're a binge know. watcher. Yeah, well, you put your put your pajamas on, get a big, big tub of ice cream, and uh, cry my eyes out watching NXT. <laughs> so, for those who have been following along, or those rather who haven't been following along, Lars Sullivan has just been murdering people, and then. After the match, he proceeds to murder them some more. Finally, Cassius Ono has had enough of this. Basically, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? So we're going to get Cassius Ono versus the big bad bully Lars Sullivan. I have a feeling Sullivan's going to win this match, but this match is going to be incredibly physical. I was just going to say, you know, I'm expecting... One of those good old classics that, that that I truly love about wrestling. Just two big old guys just going in there and throwing down. And two guys who can set the tone for the night. They'll go out there. It'll be a nice, stiff, physical match. But they're not going to do too much. They're not going to steal anybody else's thunder throughout the course of the night. They're just going to go out there and warm that crowd up. I'd go with you 100% here. I, I'm gonna, I'm expecting great flow, and just a fight, and it sets the tone for the audience to, you know, buckle in because tonight is about a fight. Your next match on the card: Alistair Black taking on the Velveteen Dream. I cannot believe Patrick Clark has worked his way to an NXT takeover. I was completely wrong about that kid. Completely wrong. What do you What do you think the odds were in Vegas that he would even that he'd ever make it this far? Wow. Yeah, and especially the first time I saw this gimmick when I saw it at uh, Takeover Chicago, I was just like, "Oh, this poor kid. He is going to be like the NXT jobber of jobbers. Like it's this is just bad. This is so bad." And he has really made me care about this match. Don't get me wrong. Alistair Black is going to kick his fucking face off. But this match is actually really good. I saw this match at uh, take, in uh, NXT Des Moines. And the match itself is going to be absolutely fantastic. Alistair Black's going to get the win. I, I want to give some credit here to Dream. And I know we've talked about it multiple times with guests between us. You know, it goes back to character work. When you really just dive into it, you believe in it. You just don't sell it, you live it. He has invested so much in to his character here. And it's working, you know. People are picking up on it. And it's pulling the character out of Alistair Black. That's I love that there, you know. It's well, when you know your character well enough and you're and you're into it yourself, you're just naturally going to elevate those around you and then on the flip side on the flip side black's in-ring work is incredible 
whereas he's helping Clark put on some incredible matches. I think you're going to be very, very pleasantly surprised at how fucking good Patrick Clark is tomorrow. And it's all going to be Black going with the match. Well, I, I the think match. This, this match is going to, especially, you know, a lot of people just kind of tune in for these big takeover specials. Uh, they don't really know a lot about these talents. I think this is going to be one of those matches here from all the standpoints that is something that makes wrestling so great from the character work to in-ring storytelling to the technical side and all that. This is going to be one of the matches here out of these five, maybe out of the most out of all of them, that really jumps out and surprises people and grabs them and makes them take notice of these talents here. Uh, and kind of go back to what I was saying there with Dream with his character work. You know, this, this goes beyond wrestling here. You know, anyone out there, anything you're doing, this is a testament to just, if you go all in, commit yourself fully to what you're doing here, you have no idea how much you can elevate yourself, what you can achieve in any profession. Like you were saying, no one believed this guy could be here right now. The commitment, the drive, the desire has got him here. He's he, Now he's working with one of the most incredible ring workers that has come through NXT in years. Well, you know, arguably one of the top talents in the world. And what he does is helping draw the best out of black. Vice versa, black is helping draw the best out of him. This is all around. This has been a great program. They say that styles make fights and these two are about as opposite as you can get. And it has been fantastic. Ember Moon versus Kyrie Sane versus Peyton Royce versus Nikki Cross. Finally, we will once again have an NXT Women's Champion. Now, to me, this is to me this is the most intriguing match on this card. This I agree. Is what I'm really sinking my teeth into. It seems like on TV they have really built up Ember Moon as to be the favorite in this match. Would you agree with that? One hundred percent, sir. That tells no me she she's has not to be winning. The odds on favorite. <laughs> that tells me she's not winning, right? I, I'll agree with you there. And, I, you know, from the get-go when this conversation came up, I didn't think she was the right person. Uh, love me some Ember Moon. Great look. Great performer. I don't know what it is. She does. Nothing screams champion about her. Everything screams chase, right? Yes. Uh, I think you're right. It, and I think what the big turnoff was is we look at all three, you know, all four of these competitors, three of them to me, when I look at what this division has always been about, it's always been about that hard nose fighting champion. You've had some tough champions or they've been while they were champion, they've been presented in that, in that light. It's me, Ember. She fell short, always chasing Oscar. And Oscar was probably the toughest, not probably, she was the toughest of all these NXT women's champions. Uh, Ember, chase, 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 couldn't get there. To me, her winning here just feels cheap to me. Uh, Nikki Cross had her moments too there. Didn't chase as hard, but that also kind of feels like, okay, you're still, you're still not a champion material to me because it, it's too soon after Oscar to you. It feels like you're giving the trophy to second place because first place moved up to the big leagues. Right. 
uh, which we could go back and even talk. I don't, I just don't agree with how that whole situation was handled. Uh, Sane, there's so many similarities between the two. It just seems that you're just even though there's parts. no similarity between the two, there's too many similarities between yes. the two. Perception is everything. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. If Sane wins, it's gonna feel like a continuation of Asuka's dominant. Yes. Run. And and I, I, we don't and want that me, either. I, I'm smart enough to know all the big differences, but perception is everything. Your normal run of you know, run of the mill fan's gonna sit there and see, well, this is just Asuka too. So that leaves Peyton Royce. And to me, to me in my mind, she is your obvious choice here for your champ. She she changes the complete direction of everything you have done up to this point with this NXT women's division. She is your shakeup. Up until about a half hour ago, I was on the Nikki Cross bandwagon. I wanted Nikki Cross to win this match because I wanted Sanity to be holding the tag titles, Nikki Cross holding the women's title, and Eric Young chasing Adam Cole for the NXT title. But since Adam Cole got screwed by HBK, and he's not the champion, Drew is. The hell with Nikki Cross. She doesn't deserve the title. Let's give it to Peyton Royce. Uh, to me, that just, just think of that celebration. And those two, I, I know a lot of people that. They're so obnoxious, it'll be fantastic. I know. Well, your best part about that is you're, you're talking about this, like I said, this changes the entire direction of everything we've known this division to be. These two have great characters. And you've said it. I think I think you've angered some people by saying this, but you were speaking the truth. Peyton Royce two, is going to be more over than Asuka when she hits the main roster. And if they can keep they can keep this duo together, these these two are going to be huge on that main roster. Yep, I love the iconic gimmick. I I, I don't think the full sale crowd likes it, but I don't care. It's it's going to be money on the main roster. Sometimes you got to look past the smarky fans. I will go as far to say that Royce and Kay in 2019 at WrestleMania, I, I would go as far as say they might take on the Bella Twins in a match at WrestleMania. Wow. I could see it, though. Iconic versus the Bellas. I could see it. Absolutely. That's a missed opportunity with Emma, too. I would have put all three of them together. The three Aussies. Damn, it would have been good. Hey, $1,500 a pop domestic, 2000 Don't get international. me started. <laughs> Don't get me started. Speaking of international. Dude, this... I would have booked to come to my birthday party. Speaking of international, the NXT t- championship match is full of international flavor as Drew McIntyre takes on Andrade Cien Almas. Any chance that Cien takes the title here? I, I'm not seeing it. I, I My pause there was to try to come up with any feasible way. You know what? Man, he he has earned to be in this position. He absolutely has earned to be in this position. Hey, we'll, we'll go back. We'll go back to character work. Just not on his own. Vega there, right there by his side. Zelina what, Vega has completely turned Andrade Cien almost around, and thank God for that because Lissambra yeah, we, is too good of a talent to go to waste like he was. We were just talking about the iconic duo. You want to talk about a dynamic duo. 
it's these two. Yeah, I, I, I'm loving everything CN's doing right now. But he was so defined down there for a while that I'm just not sure I can buy him as a legit contender to Drew. I, I think he's perfect in this spot here. You've got so many. You've got nine big names tied up in, in your main event of the evening with the War Games match. And this is a perfect spot for him to slide in. You know, he can come in and be a somewhat credible threat and competitor for that champion when you when you need that slot or be that second main event for you. But the right move is to continue on with Drew here. Uh, and Drew's going to look amazing after this after this couple of days or Friday, Saturday. You you go over Cole. Uh, you're involved in a situation where you've got Shawn Michaels there. You know, great notoriety rub there for you. And then to come back on your actual big event, pick up another big win after that that tough fought match the night before i think it's going to be a great it's going to be a great moment to kind of define where, where drew's at here but like you said it kind of goes back to is is he really an nxt champion is it time for him to for wwe to elevate him yeah i feel like every day that drew is in nxt is a day wasted i feel like drew should be on the main roster immediately and thrown into a feud with miz immediately because Drew is probably best remembered for his Intercontinental Championship run. Go up there, capture it night one. Move forward. Well, let's 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 go let's let's stay with this uh NXT championship match here. Um so we both agree that, that we think that Drew's going over. McIntyre takes this thing. What what do you see the next steps for him? I mean where how does this progression work for you to get him? I don't know. Maybe get title off of him, get him up to the next level. Where do you see him going? Cole takes the title Royal rumble weekend. Drew's in the rumble. That's simple. Lowest common denominator booking. That's simple. Do you think I'm wrong? So did, did you get, did you get the finish on on a San Antonio match? Uh, HBK super kicks Kyle O'Reilly. Cole tries to super kick Sean. Sean ducks. Drew catches Cole in a DDT position and swings him around like, I don't know, 874 times <laughs> before he finally drops him on his fucking head. HBK counts to three. HBK okay, screwed so him. So there are some shenanigans to say, all right. Well, uh, it was sexy, just a house boy. show. I mean, it, sexy. inevitably, it was a big house show, but it was just a house show. If they want to go back to it, which they tend, you know, NXT does a, a lot better job of referencing things like that. But they can go back to it and say, hey, man, sexy boy helps you here. Yeah, I just, I. Well, I, you know, I, I would. I, the I thing is. On- as, as big of an Adam Cole fan as I am, and I make no qualms about that, yes, I want Adam Cole to be NXT champion, but almost more importantly at this point, I feel like we've got to get Drew back on the main roster. See, I was surprised. I was with you 100%. You know, when you pitched this idea to me, yeah, this needs to happen. Cole takes his title. Uh, you, you up the ante for TakeOver War Games. And in my mind, it was almost that that Triple H would give, or not Triple H, I'm sorry, Shawn Michaels would give 
Adam Cole his endorsement. Right. Yep. That just seemed like that. Maybe that was too obvious. I, I Sometimes to me, you know, the obvious is the best way to go. Well, and it's just the whole undisputed thing feels so DX, NWO. I, it, it's the new badass, yeah. cool, heel kid faction. You know, I, That's what I, I felt there was that natural kind of vibe tie-in between those two. And Adam Cole is very much the same type of performer that Shawn Michaels was. Right. So it just so maybe, it seems like a logical progression. And man, it just seemed like all signs were going that way. Okay, so so we talked Drew here. Uh, what about almost? I mean, we're, let's say uh, let's throw it out there. Let's go both sides of the coin. Let's say he does pull this thing off. I could see almost as NXT champion. I could see that. But I don't think now is the time. Well, I mean, what, I mean, but even going forward, I mean, what would that kind of set up? You know, it just, I mean, that would that move like a, a Roddy into that number one contender's position? Because you know, I it would, would kind of change things. I would say that it would move Johnny Gargano in there, because that's how Gargano got on his losing streak, and how Almas got on his hot streak was Zelina with the DIY shirts. Okay, I can see that. But I would save that program, if you were going to go that way, I would put the title on CN, and I would have him hold through whatever the WrestleMania takeover is, at least. Well, I would have him hold past that, but I would get to the WrestleMania takeover, Gargano versus Almas, and that's where Ciampa returns. I I have a... uh... A crazy, just kind of just popped into my head. If if Almas takes this thing at Rumble, I would set up the NXT champ versus the UK champ, Pete Dunne. Ooh. And I would do title for title. And then I would put the NXT title and the UK title with Pete Dunne. I just wish they would put Pete Dunne on a show. Well, that, that's what I'm getting to there. I would have him walking around with both titles. Uh, when he's filming NXT, he's got both there. And then I'd have him go over and start doing some, you know, working his UK shows, working both titles. Really show those things off. And then I would build a huge program with those two sides, with Undisputed Era versus uh, British Strong Style have that whole thing take off, and then I would go to WrestleMania takeover with Cole versus Dunn as my headline. Tonight in San Antonio, matches that we're not even talking about, Pete Dunn successfully defended his UK championship against Tyler Bate. There we go. I mean, just, you know, random throwaway match on a house right. show. Well, they, they, they know <laughs> those guys are going to go out there and put on a... I mean, you know, probably the match of the year from the wwe as far as a company goes you know but you know let's just throw it on a random house show in san antonio texas <laughs> uh, just another thing I nxt just, just blows my mind sometimes well let's talk about the main event speaking of blowing people's minds houston we have a war games the undisputed a, era a war games the undisputed era taking on sanity versus the authors of Pain and Roderick Strong and one of the strangest pairings I've ever seen. When I first heard this match announced, I was like, 
The authors of Pain and Roderick Strong? How the fuck did that happen? And now I know how that happened. And I'm sitting here going, why the fuck did that happen? You know, when it hit me there, it's one of those weird-ass pairings that you sit there and scratch your head looking at. And it was just like the the way that it was built was so strange. I know, and it's one of those things that they just throw together. Hell, maybe someone could throw it under the lowest common denominator booking kind of, you know, column there. But as I look at it, it's a team, the more I look at it, it intrigues me more and more. It was like we teased the whole Roddy joining Undisputed Era thing for like three weeks or something like that. And then all in like one episode, he accepted, turned on him, and joined the Authors of Pain. Like you you got like, you know, six months worth of creative within a span of like 20 seconds. It, it, it's just the strangest build I think I've it ever like, seen. It was like they sent the normal NXT creative team like out for coffee. And yeah. the main roster guys came down and was like, oh, yeah, we'll do this. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, whip, we'll whip this together for you. No problem. No problem. You need, you need six months of building six minutes? Yeah, we Call got that. Call the raw creative team. That's what we fucking do. <laughs> I am intrigued uh, by the entire dynamic of this match. Uh, I don't even entirely know where to begin. Sanity hates Undisputed Era. Sanity took the authors of Pain's tag team championships roderick strong hates the undisputed era undisputed era hates roderick strong undisputed era beat up authors of pain like there's there's so many different storylines going on here i guess really logically the only thing to do was have a war games and throw them all fucking in there the one thing i really love here is all the layers they've laid on to us like you said man it's everyone just Everyone just fucking hates everybody here. Yeah, everybody hates everybody. So let's just take two rings, two cages, throw them all in there, lock the door, and when it's all said and done, we'll sort this thing out. I love all the different styles in here. Man, we've got chain wrestlers. we got technicians. We've got high flyers. we got brawlers. Every, every, there's a little bit of everything in here style-wise for any fan. All the way down to the chicken shit who can't run away because it's in a cage. You have everything. Yeah, I think this match is going to be absolutely fantastic. But I, I, I almost wonder if you almost have to be a real hardcore wrestling fan to begin to understand this match. Uh, see, I don't know. Uh, coming into this thing, I love all the talents. I just put everything over. It's I, just I'm the format the of the match. Styles, but coming up. Fans our age, we started watching about the same time, Jargo. We remember all that stuff. We, we've seen war games when it was original. And I sit and I look at these rules. And it's and just it's like, like, what it, the fuck? Yes. You know, it's, it is totally a WTF moment. I already feel like they are... Like, they're killing a piece of my childhood here. And I, I understand, you know, it, Triple H came out, and I didn't even, I knew the rules and all this. Uh, I didn't friend, know about the rules. Yeah, he turned us on to this world. He turned us, well, he turned me on to Triple H's conference call. Yeah, I didn't know about the roof thing till yesterday. And, yeah, they talked there was going to be no roof. Uh, the, 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 the three-team format's a little different. They have done that in the past, and it was probably one of the worst four games ever. They've adjusted that a little bit. They're how they're shark going to cages? 
release entire teams and you have the teams locked up in shark cages. Is it like just it's, because Ellering is like down there now, there's like an obsession with shark cages? It's just to me, this it's uh, overbooking for what has been such a, which was a simplistic concept of what was supposed to be a match just built around just pure carnage and, and just violence and hatred for your opponents. This is going to be one of those matches, though, like Money in the Bank to me, that like you have to watch it with a completely different type of viewing glass. You know what I mean? Like, we, what's going to be the match of the night? Well, the best wrestled match of the night is going to be Aleister Black versus the Velveteen Dream. The most entertaining match of the night is going to be War Games, just for the fucking spectacle of it. Well, to me, the most entertaining match is the match of the night. Well, different, different eyes, my friend, different eyes. But here, but, and this, this is what gets me about this. You know, it's, it's, it's nostalgia marketing. And you see other places that do this. They try to, they, they bring something up like this and they try to pull at your, your heartstrings and take you back to a better place and all this. The problem is with that, it rarely, you get an initial pop with in any kind of product or any kind of industry. You get that initial pop with it, but that fades quickly, my friend. It, People realize, you know what, this this isn't what I remembered. This isn't the same feeling that I had. And, and, I, and I'm just worried that watching this, and maybe you are right, maybe this is something I just have to go in and just kind of erase the name, put the, war, you know, the term war games out of my head and just take this for what it is. This is a different concept. It's a new version. I'm just worried that because it's not what I know is war games, what I expect, what I love, the feelings that, that I've had watching those classic matches, that this is going to fall short for me. Well, let's take your analogy of, of people remaking things or, or, or trying to reinvent things, okay? So you had the original Star Wars trilogy, all right? And then they did the new Star Wars trilogy, is War Games going to be more Phantom Menace, which is arguably the worst Star Wars of all of the movies, or is it going to be more Rogue One, where this is a really, really good movie, and yeah, it says Star Wars on it, but it's really just a really, really good movie that happens to be a Star Wars movie. Is, is, is this just going to be a really, really good match that's a really cool spectacle that they just happen to call war games. I have a confession to make. Oh, that's right. You're not a fucking star Wars fan. I have never, I have never <sighs> watched. I I've seen bits and pieces of them where I know what's happened for. Well, I probably only know what's happened in like in the first. Oh, when I was it. Can I say the first three, the original three, the original trilogy, the Holy trilogy. Okay. The original trilogy. I know what happened. I've never sat down and watched an entire Star Wars from start to finish. I don't know how I'm friends with you. I've never done it, man. I, I don't understand. I just that it doesn't. I'm even, not a, that I'm doesn't not even big, compute in my brain. I'm not a big sci-fi guy. It's just somebody who's never seen Star Wars and like doesn't like absolutely like live, breathe, and shit Star Wars. Like just doesn't even. How many, how many Star Wars are there? Well. 
how many are there or how many are there going to be? How many, how many, I don't know, either one, both. Well, I mean, we're getting ready for episode eight, but there's technically okay. more movies than that. There's, this will be like the ninth, but there's going to be another one because they make them in trilogies. Okay. So. And then they're making spinoff movies too. So, I mean, it's getting complicated. Okay. So I've seen, I've, I've seen Spaceballs like 12 times. Does that count? Anything else that you want to say about Undisputed Era versus Sanity versus AOP and Roderick Strong? Uh, I went on my little rant about how I'm hoping it doesn't take away from what I remember, but I do understand why they're doing it, you know, because the NXT especially appeals to a much hipper, younger, modern crowd than old man RBV. Uh, so they're probably going to dig it. You know, it's going to be a war games for their generation. Uh, hopefully there, there's enough there for them to support it. Like I said, all these great styles in this match, I, I'm looking, I am looking forward to, to seeing what they put together here. Either way you shake it down, it's going to be a violent, violent match. And sometimes that's just fun to watch. What is your official prediction for who wins four games 2017? I think at the end of this, I think at the end of the night, the most sense, the ones that need it the most, uh, the ones that are going to drive NXT forward is Undisputed Era. I'm with you. I think Undisputed Era absolutely has to win this match. Absolutely has to. If they are going to be the new focal point of NXT, solidifies them. they need to win this match. And I absolutely expect that they go forward as heels, but they're going to be the respected heels that everybody loves coming out of this match. And I completely expect Adam Cole to be an absolute bloody mess by the end of war games. On a flip, who takes the, who takes the loss? Roddy. Yeah, I got to go with Roddy. I got to go with Roddy. So kind of going to book this, I'd have Roddy start, and then I would have the Authors of Pain be that last team to come in so that Roddy is in there with all those odds stacked against him for all this time. Now, is is it going to start as a triple threat then, or is it going to start with two guys in the ring? I'm confused about how the game is going to start. Uh, I don't have them in front of me. I'm not sure if it's, it's one from each team. No, or... no, it goes. It's it's one from each team, and then after five minutes, another team will be released, and then after a three minute, I believe, another team will be released. So it gets you up to eight eight minutes. Some I don't know. For some reason I thought there was eleven minutes in there. Huh. However, it shakes down. I'm sure we'll be corrected by someone out there right now. I don't have him right here in front of me. However, it shakes down. I would have Roddy in there where all the odds are against him and then have him as the one that takes the pin because then you can always tell the, the rise up from that moment underdog story going forward. I sincerely hope nobody jumps off of the top of that cage. 
I really hope nobody jumps off the top of that cage. You know, that, it's a that's just going to ruin the whole goddamn thing. It's a useless spot, and especially yep. when they try to throw a moonsault off the damn thing, it, yep. it never it never works out, and it doesn't well, look good. The 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 logical one to me is Eric Young with that diving elbow drop, and he's gonna miss it, and then he's gonna go into convulsions in the middle of the ring, and you're gonna wonder if it's legit or not every fucking time, and I hate it. Absolutely hate it. But yeah, I'm with you. Undisputed era, they go over. So that's it for this War Games preview episode. Rick and I will be back tomorrow night recording right after TakeOver with a recap. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod. Find us on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Email us at hittingthemarks at gmail.com. Be sure to check out Ryan and our support staff over at thegorillaposition.com. And, of course, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to both Hitting the Marks and Hacker Hameen on iTunes and Podbean. You can find me across all social media platforms at Not Jargo. Rick, how do the stalkers find you? You can find me uh, on the Twitter machine at the Real RBV. We are recording on a late on. Well, I guess now we're into the early part of Saturday morning. Uh, so you can find me later this morning. You can catch me at the Harrison, Ohio Waffle House uh, because your boy has a hankering for some mm, raisins in his toast. While they're listening to this, uh, it's going to be a Saturday afternoon. I'm going to be uh, holding it down on Facebook at the Hameen Media Discussion Group. I would encourage everyone to, to head on over, look us up, and tickle that join button. We'll be sure to add you right away. Tons of uh, interactive content highlighted by NXT TakeOver War Games live discussion thread. You're not going to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun going on there. Uh, we're actually going to be recording... Uh, after the bell breakdown of all the takeover action, we're going to be uh, sampling a, a lot of the comments there and, and using a lot of that content to help us with our program. Uh, also, when you join when you join us over at the, the Hameen Media Discussion Group, be sure to uh, look up Jersey Mike. Let him know, no more Kleenexes. Save a tree, use your sleeve. So that's it for today. Rick and I will be back uh on Monday as well with Big Ray breaking down everything Red versus Blue, talking Survivor Series on the locker room over on Hameen Media. We'll talk to you tomorrow night after War Games. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya. Crunch your fingers. Label me. I don't give a f- With the
Violet! 